happen. It was Browns draft not a linebacker. That's way too high. Twenty-six for the first round. It's not a position of importance. It's about you understand. Only two on the field at one time. If you play with five defensive backs, this is how that goes. I got that all in recording. That's the intro to the podcast. (laughs) We're getting into it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Across the Browns podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams. That's our first time we've done an intro like that, and I hope you didn't click off thinking that you clicked on Bill Nye, the Science Guy's latest episode on Netflix. I'm joined, as always, by John, the nerdiest man in Browns football talk, Kaufman. I'm going to give you a middle name every single time. Last year, last week, it was Haircut. John, how are you doing on this yeah. fine Tuesday? And it is warm. It is nice out today. Yeah. Hopefully, I can go on a walk after that. Yeah, we got 80 degrees. Finally, doing well, man. Doing well. Ready for uh, the draft. I can't wait. It's two days away. Going to be down there, downtown Cleveland. You'll be in town. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, it's 80 degrees, but I'm 90 degrees because I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Dad jokes abound, I guess. Yikes. Oh. Okay, uh, before we get in right into this thing, I uh, told John right before this podcast, I had a massive headache. So what I did, because I had a headache, I took a Midol. Guys, I'm telling you, if your girlfriend, fiance, significant other, mom, sister, grandma, aunt, have Midol in the cupboard and you have a headache, take it. It's already gone. I had a terrible headache. I told John I was just going to suck it up and now I'm laughing. Uh, my head doesn't hurt anymore. Coffee might be helping a second coffee in like four hours. So anyway, here's what we're going to talk about today. How we think the Browns in this front office are going to attack the draft. Obviously, we want to stay away from what we think, what what we would do as much as possible today. We are going to go through yeah. a dream scenario, but John and I usually look at it as that look at is look at it as though we were <laughs> Andrew Berry and company. So we'll go through the lens of what they would do in that. But then two, I want to talk about a player that if I see mocked to the Browns one more time, if I see a Browns fan, <laughs> Jeff, I know you're watching, man. At What's JX, up, at JWX727, or so two, I'll tag him in this. It's JXW727, something like that. I know it by heart at this point. I just type in JX and my Twitter pops it up. He's not coming to the Browns. He's not. At three, we're going to talk about our dream scenarios. Four, I put whatever path we go down because we're going to get off topic. And then five, you guys send in some hot takes through Twitter. We're going to go over those. And you know what? We want to thank you guys so much for the love on the last podcast. We did not post a podcast for months. And then we just randomly post one without warning, without any questions, without any tweets, without any descriptions or analytics in the YouTube video. And it's our now most viewed YouTube video of all time. One of our most listened to podcasts. Yeah. Ridiculous. Is there awesome? Go follow us at Across the Browns. That's a follow back account. Go you'll see our names down below. Go follow us on Twitter. We love to interact with y'all. So, John, how are the Browns going to attack the draft on Thursday night? And do they make a pick Thursday night? I'll add that in. Okay, that's a great question. Let's start with do they make a pick first? Um 
the answer I think is yes, although I don't know if it would be at 26. Um, it could be 30, 31. I don't think Tampa Bay would trade up just because they returned all 22 starters and including Tom Brady, obviously. So I don't think they're really. I don't see the Chiefs they, moving either with. Yeah, like just uh, obviously like their first pick coming at 52. I mean? um, yeah. So, but yeah, but if somebody, you know, Buffalo falls in love with someone, and the rumor is Buffalo, uh, was it a corner i'll have to think about this because i did hear i've listened to like three or four podcasts today youtube shows whatever and uh just every rumor you know you could possibly imagine everybody's throwing everything out there now so we're getting we're getting down to it where every it seems like every single thing is possible everything so yeah motorcycle outside yeah um, it's coming through yours and not my end for once yeah joyous so um so yeah, I mean there could be, uh, and I'll have to think of who Buffalo. I can't remember this rumors they were after somebody. I'll think of it. But anyways, so if Buffalo is the uh, team that wants to come up or something like that. Whatever, um, that could be the case. So if they do make a pick, whether it's at thirty or you know twenty six or whatever, yeah. Um, and we said this on the last, you know, the mock draft. J.C. Horn for me is my. I mean, I would be over the moon excited. He's the highest player I have, you know, at the the highest player at the biggest position of need for the Browns would be JC Horn for me. Um, if they, if Horn's off the board, which is very likely, uh, you know, I, they're going to, I think they'll take an edge. If they make a pick in the first round, it'll be an edge player or it'll be a corner. I think it's basically going to come down to one of those two things. Um, you I, more and more. I mean, I could see, do you think Trevor Morig is a possibility? The safety from yes. TCU. So okay. I think I, 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 honestly believe after watching the last episode of building the browns like more than ever when andrew barry speaks john is there like does he not does he not have that like barack obama feel where like no matter what he says you believe it and it's just like oh my god this man just told me the truth he looked he was looking at the camera over here but he was really looking into my soul through the youtube screen uh, he's because everything that he has said, everything he has said to date has stuck. He never said, we're going to go get this guy. He said, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to go get players of value, players that on our ladder of, you know, things we want, speed, strength, like versatility, and then obviously age. So go get John Hill and Troy, John Johnson, Troy Hill, two of the most versatile guys not even in the free agent market, but just on defenses and period. Like John Johnson is maybe the one of the most valuable safeties in the NFL simply because he was 24 years old calling a defense like hmm. oh, what was a Wade Phillips defense, which was very integral and not just like thrown <laughs> to get like this is a very specifically ran defense. And obviously it wasn't, you know, Wade Phillips the last year, but it was like it was still that, you know, that base design. Super impressive. Troy Hill, elite corner in the slot, a viable outside corner. We don't want that. We don't want that slot corner, super valuable. Keep him there. They went and got those two guys. They're young. They didn't pay them a freaking lick. So then their versatility is eh. Like John Johnson's got versatility because he can make, he can call the game for you if you don't have a mic that you trust, which I think that they're going to use Jacob Phillips in that sense or Anthony Walker. And then Troy Hill can obviously move inside out. Then you go to the offensive line. You got three dudes. Tack McKinley can't move. You got two dudes that can play inside. Malik Jackson can play outside if you need him to, but you just want him on that pass rushing in the inside. 
But like you got three guys that can move around that line really freely. Like if all four of those guys are starting, the three new three new signees and Miles Garrett, realistically, this won't happen. But you could have all four guys playing a different position each snap. And it would just cause absolute mayhem because that left tackle, uh, you know, we're playing the Chiefs. Orlando Brown at right tackle, he's planning to go against Tack and Clowney. Well, then you send Miles over there, and he's got to—he has to know two premier edge rushers' moves, and then Tack McKinley, who is a a start a starter in the NFL. Nothing more, yeah. nothing less. Right. That's absolute mayhem. Down that went down a rabbit hole fast. That's like Andrew Barry has told the truth. He was aggressive. He went and got what he wanted. He went and got what he said, and they've stuck true to like everything. Yep. And they said. Going back to John's question, do I think that Morig is a? Um, I've just been calling him Mo because I don't know how to pronounce Morig. Morig. Yeah. Trevor. Trevor Mo is a possibility. I think Mo is better than any safety value wise we'd be able to get at that spot. So I think corner wise, Asante Samuel is probably going to be there, and that might be it. So do we get the number one safety in the class or do we get the fourth or fifth best corner in the class? Personally, I love Asante Samuel. I just don't know if I want to go down the path of another small cornerback who might have, hasn't had injury issues yet, but will he? I I just don't know. So I think every position on the field is an option outside of probably interior, offensive line, and linebacker. I truly believe in running back. Wide receiver, you know... This isn't going to happen, but God forbid Kyle Pitts falls. like Justin Fields falls. If Justin Fields is sitting in the room at 26, he's getting drafted by the Browns, or they're going to trade for a, a King's Ransom because taking a quarterback like that at 26 would just be stupid. Yeah. I think every position's on the table. I think Trevor Morig is a real possibility. Um, I even think a guy like Elijah Molden might be a possibility. And, you know, you're getting the second best safety who's going to probably be able to convert to a slot cornerback or play safety if you need him to. Like, I, I think everything's a play. I think realistically, if they don't take one of their guys, so it's got to be like a Quiddy Pay or an Ajolare or an Owe or Bateman, out of those, outside of those four, I think the rest of the guys on their board will probably be taken. They're more likely to drop out of the first round than they are to move up in the first. And I think if they drop out of the first, they're definitely going to send even more to get three or four second-round picks. I, I really believe that. I don't think they're coming out of this draft with more than seven guys. So whether that's trading into next year's draft or that's sending 110 and on to move up to 90. The difference between 90 and 110 is astronomically different than the difference between 26 and 34. Astronomically, yep. astronomically, and a lot of so NFL I think GMs don't they don't value future picks the same way they do current picks. Like, and even some team, like you know, a current GM who's like, "Look, I might not even have this job next year. Like, I, this I want is my now. last draft. Right? What do I care if I give up? You know, my fourth round pick next year? I, I might not even be making that pick. Somebody else will. Yeah. So taking your fifth and getting a fourth next year, or you know, two fifths and get a third, whatever it is, you know, a fourth next year, that's definitely a possibility. I agree with you for sure. Yeah, I think if. I think for most most teams, fifty um, percent of teams can tra- will trade a, f- a current fourth for a future third. And if you're the Browns, you absolutely do that. I mean, you don't need a position right now. 
I know mm-hmm. there are weak spots. There's cornerback, like, lack of depth, obviously. But odds are, yep. guys, we're not getting a starter this year anyway. Like, even if you draft a Newsom or uh, whoever in the first round, like, they're not starting yeah. week one. They're likely not going to be ready. It's a weird offseason. It was a weird college last season. You don't. They're not going to want to put them under the fire and just start them because they drafted them in the first round. Even even in regular seasons, uh, you know, drafting a rookie corner and asking him to do anything is, is yeah. rough. I mean, it takes a while. Like it's not, it's just not a position that you see a lot of guys come in and succeed. You know, from week one on, like in their rookie season, it takes time. I um, think I so think yeah, Browns I fans agree. might be spoiled with the Denzel Ward. Like Denzel oh, Ward has time. great coverage skills, which most they're most of these top guys in the class like have these great coverage skills. And the reason I love Asante Samuel because he plays exactly like Denzel Ward where he plays bigger than what he is and he has that ball skill at the end of the route. So he's not grabbing your hips. He's going after the ball. He's not worried about you. He knows where he is at. That doesn't happen. Like what what we got with Denzel Ward is an anomaly. Be quite honest, still probably reach at number four overall, but that's fine. It was a different, you know, it was a different front office. Thankful for the pick. He's He's played like the number four overall pick. So yes, but health, lack obviously. of, yeah. It, right. And to be honest, if we sign Denzel to, you know, a four or five year deal after this, if he plays 10 games a season, 11 games a season, I think I'm okay with it. I, I really do. 10, 11 games at this rate, that's fine. You, you got to find a way to win the five other ones. But, yep. so yeah, that's Denzel my Ward, answer. Long answer. Go ahead. Well, just real quick, I was just thinking, like, Denzel Ward did to Browns fans what the 2014 draft did to wide receiver fans, like, in the NFL. Like, after 2014, we were like, oh, just take all the receivers, you know, and it's, it, like, make sure three or four or five go in the first round because they're all amazing, right? You get, yeah. you get Mike Evans and Odo Beckham, and you get Devontae every year. And it's like, yeah, the next five receiver classes were, like, abysmal. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that class was really special, and it just doesn't happen every single year because you no. want it to, so... This um, cornerback class, in my opinion, um, you asked me the most possible, the, the the most viable answer for he's a star in five years. I think it's Asante Samuel because of his ability to play the ball. Um, I think J.C. Horn is another one you might get because his ability to play press man coverage. That's why like, I think for Browns fans, that's so appealing to say you can have two... like. Obviously, what Daryl Rivas made the NFL like, you can have two guys that can just go sit and play man. Play two guys, man. Let the three play three safeties. Let them hover. Like that's that's another thing. I John and I talked about how I would love to have his brother Tom back on, obviously because absolute genius about football. That's why he's the Division One coach. (laughs) To ask like how 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 viable is it to say? We've got we've got two press man corners. So if they got J.C. Horn, you got Denzel and J.C. Horn who can play press man every single time against every receiver in the NFL. Obviously, J.C. Horn, we're projecting he can do that, but Denzel Ward can cover most any receiver in the NFL. That doesn't mean he can stop all of them, but he can at least hopefully shadow. To then play three safeties, two mm-hmm. linebackers, obviously. One linebacker would be preferable. And let everyone else play zone, but these two guys play man. Like, are NFL guys smart enough to be able to do that? Will guys like Aaron Rodgers pick that apart somehow? Like, I just, I just, that's the more stuff I want to learn. Like, yeah. Like, I can do it in Madden. I do it in Madden, but like, we're talking real life. We're talking elite athletes. 
So that's something that is just, you know, super appealing in my eyes. I don't know how viable it is. Well, we'll get, uh, we're shooting, we're just talking about for the show, you know, we're trying to get Tommy on for uh, sometime in May. It's, you know, hopefully he'll have some time uh, to spend with us on either the podcast or YouTube show. And yeah, I mean, we'll definitely ask him that for sure. Cause that's a great question. Is it like, is it communication? That's the problem, right? Like if you've got some guys playing man and other ones playing zone, I mean, okay. So without getting on too much of a tangent, Tommy there, Kent state's defense basically runs what, what Saban runs at Alabama, right? They run like uh, it's called uh, cover match, right? So you basically play man on one side of the field and zone on the other. And it depends on the formation and what the offense does and, you know, things like that, of course. But essentially, they know, you know, most of the time they're going to be playing, you know, match coverage where, you know, you're going to, you like I said, half the field is, uh, you know, zone and the other half the field you man up. So, and that's a typical thing that's, you know, NFL teams do as well. Like you see that, you know, that gets peppered in as much as cover two, cover three, you know, quarters, other things like that. So, yeah, I mean, if they, I, you would think if they could handle something that's that complex, you know what I mean? Like where you've got literally two half, you know, one half your defense is doing one thing and the other half is doing something else. Then, you know, you could say, hey, we got two sticky guys. Go be, you know, go cover those two and don't let them out of your sight. And then we'll zone up the rest of it and see what happens. So, yeah, they got, um, they have. With John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit, uh, th- they have a very smart group of safeties, so you hope that it can be something that they do. John, I, I got to make this without screwing it up because I don't want to edit a lot. I just want to cut okay. this from here to there. I need This Boom. is something that I want to be a focal point. I want to tweet out for the across the Browns. And it's how they will – the last thing I want to talk about, how the Browns will attack until, you know, it might be, get brought up a little bit later. But something I was thinking about in the drive back home. I had 45 minutes, I had an hour in the car, and I was thinking about how last year during the live show, which all of you listeners showed up for, which was, it was the most fun I've ever had doing this podcast. Awesome. Last year, during the draft, I kept saying, I want C.D. Lamb. Now, if you're taking a tackle or a wide receiver, the wide receiver is going to account for more wins on a, you know, and, you know, just open whatever. Wide receiver is going to have more wins than a tackle over the course of their career, most likely. But I was thinking, I obviously wanted that wide receiver, but long-term, the Browns knew they had one more year before they needed to actually address the position because we have until 2022 where the wide receiver room needs to be addressed as a, for the Cleveland Browns. And even then, technically, it doesn't need to be addressed. You just might want to reallocate that money elsewhere. They went with Jedrick Wills, who is a five-year investment, and I was just thinking, like, it was so right in front of me, and that's why I'm trying to think more like this last year. Like, they took the long-term investment that cleans up the short-term need. You're still gonna you're gonna grow on that investment. And last year without Jedrick Wills, like, <laughs> do the Browns win eight games? Maybe I I know he wasn't the focal point of that offensive line, yeah, but. And then getting Jedrick Wills allows you to, you know, take money off that offensive line elsewhere. Like Conklin probably won't be here in 22. Teller, Treader, Betonio, that that three that three piece in the middle isn't going to be here in 22. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at is this front office is so much smarter than we can think like we ever are. We can go through every scenario and they've already thought about something else and they're going to be right however they do it. So at the end of the day, I'm just going to enjoy who they take. As long as it's not this player that we're about to talk about, John. 
If I see one more person, Jeff, this is where I was talking to you. Say that the Browns might take Zayvon Collins and God (laughs) forbid the first round, but even the second round if we trade back. Like, There's not one thing that Zayvon Collins is or does that the Browns have told us. I mean, they have flat out told us. They said, here is what we look at in prospects. Here's what we look at in our players. Here's what we want. Would say that the Browns want Zayvon Collins. Is that a position (laughs) of the lowest value in football? I would argue that a kicker, a good kicker is more important than a good linebacker. Bite me. He's too big to play the position, so you got to move him to the defensive end. Do you think he'll be a rush end end in, in the NFL, Collins? Do I think like he'll play defensive three, end? Like an outside 3-4 or something like that? You think that John, be, outside 3-4? Yeah. He's a cheeseburger yeah. away from being an interior defensive lineman. He weighs 272 pounds. He's a big boy. He's not He's a, a linebacker. Boy. He's big yeah. for an edge. He's bigger than Quiddy Pay. Yeah. Yep. Julia, I'm sorry if you can hear me yelling. I got worked up. <laughs> she's she's Zave, you, dude. She's used to it Co- right now. Collins is not going to the Browns. There is one... Let me put quotation marks, linebacker, that the Browns mm-hmm. are even like in the wheelhouse for. And this isn't any inside information. I didn't talk to Andrew Barry, but he told us to all the 200,000 people that have watched Building the Browns. I don't really know how many people have watched it. Probably not even that much. Probably 80,000 people that have watched Building the Browns. Year in, year out, Andrew Barry, whatever front office he's been in, I think there's been five. They don't take linebackers early. They don't. And when they do, they focus on speed and like just absolute freak athleticism. So if you're going to mark a linebacker to the Browns in the first round, like it'd have to be JOK or bust. And at 26, if we take JOK, I'm going to pray that Joe Woods can do with him what he's meant to be done, which is rove, just be a rover everywhere on the field. He's not a linebacker, he's a nickel safety. See if he can steal some of the cheeseburgers off Zayvon Collins' plate, too. That'd exactly, be because he needs a little bit of weight added. A little. Or Jabril Cox is the guy that I'm just like, that. that's who they're taking. This Andrew Barry loves the SEC. It really does. It, and it's because they breed athletes. That's where all the top guys go. And whether it's a downfall or not, Andrew Barry's drafts, I know he hasn't been the GM of all of them, but the drafts he's been a part of, the mindset he's been molded into and has helped mold – that in the late rounds, when we're taking positions that aren't as valuable, interior offensive line, um, linebacker specifically, tight end, like we're going to take athletes over a guy who maybe performed well in college but can't run a 4-4 or can't, doesn't have that 35-inch vertical. We saw it with Jacob Phillips. We saw it with um, uh, Grant Delpit, who obviously was the best of both worlds. But, like... <sighs> Breathe. David Collins is not going to the Browns at 26. And like I tweeted, if that happens, I those demons. Very good. will whop while eating a ghost pepper, jumping in a Lake Erie on that night. And that is a promise. And that'll be recorded live because it's oh, not happening. Well, I'll be with you. So I'll film it for sure and make sure that we get that posted instantly or just stream it, whatever. But yeah, absolutely. So that's going to go 
right on the old internet there um, if they do end up taking. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they're taking Zayvon Collins. I mean, Parsons will be gone most likely. I I would be shocked if he weren't. If 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 the whole NFL is really scared of the character concerns and every, you know other stuff that's going on with him, then maybe he falls, but I really doubt that. I don't see the Browns um, taking a risk on an off-the-field guy like that. It's just not their character. It's not yeah, their... You know what? And I was going to say this before too, when we were talking about um, corners and stuff like I don't, do you think the, along those same lines, do you think that players like um, um, Caleb McFarley, Caleb McFarley, Caleb McFarley, this is Irish cousin. So (laughs) Caleb McFarley. (laughs) So do you think Caleb Farley um, a guy like that, you know, with that kind of a red flag, Jalen Phillips, you know, those type of players. Like, I do you think that because of COVID and opt-outs and other things that, like, there are more GMs, you know, that this year are just willing to take more chances because so much of this is unknown. I mean, in a normal year, you know, we're, we're the whole universe is terrible at predicting which college football players are going to turn into really good NFL football players, right? Like, we get this wrong right. all the time. Uh, highlighted by quarterbacks, obviously, because it's the most important and the fail rate is just ridiculous, right? So normally in a normal year, you got it's a tough job to do anyways. And now you take everything else, COVID and opt-outs and injury histories and stuff like that. Like I don't I genuinely am asking, because I really don't know, do you think that a guy like Andrew Barry would be like, look, if a guy like Phillips or Farley falls to me, I'll take a chance because I I don't I'm taking a chance anyways. At twenty six? Yeah, or you no. think they'd be more tight and be like, no, 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 we're absolutely, like, we we can't, this could be a horrendous pick if we get this wrong. Like, let's go with something safer that we value that we know as opposed to a reach, like, so, a reach, but, you know. I get, your, I get your idea, mm-hmm. but I don't think in a normal year a guy like Andrew Barry who takes calculated risk is taking a risk on Farley at 26. I just saw today... Farley still has lingering issues from a toe surgery he had. He doesn't feel he can't feel his toes yet, which is usual for this. Um, well, he's going to be ready for the season. He's had two okay. back surgeries. His right. Correct me if I'm wrong. S one and like L five maybe is S one one. So he he hurt both of them in a deadlift when he was working out. Yeah, he don't deadlift. Deadlifting L5. is. Uh, de- power lifters will tell you deadlifting is the worst lift to do in the world if they didn't have to do it you they wouldn't it has no benefits for you in normal day life you, don't do it when you see people deadlift like honestly when you just see a video of someone you, it looks like you're waiting for the title like please don't do this or how not to work out like above the video like it just looks wrong when you see someone doing it you're like this is how every disc in your back is going to fly out of your if back. you're gonna like, deadlift, going to deadlift you can't Heavy kettlebells on each side, so that way you you have some more core put into it. Like, don't deadlift with a straight mm. bar unless you're yeah. competing. Please. Anyway, yeah, sorry. So go Farley on. heard both of them deadlifting. You're good. So he heard both of them deadlifting. Um, the he had surgery on the L five uh, right away, and then later on, and it was I think it was deadlifting again, but it was it was another workout session where he aggravated the S one, and then. So he just didn't, he chose not to have surgery on that disc. He just had the micro discectomy on the L5. And then when he did it the second time, that's when he chose to have the second surgery. So he's had two surgeries and you're right, L5, S1. Um, I mean, they're just, disc, you know, they're just pushing a disc back in place. So it's it shouldn't be anything like catastrophic or anything that obviously, you know, the the, the agent and the doctors have been like, yeah, no, he'll be okay. But 
but it's still like I agree. I so agree. I would be. I would very concerned. I would say Jalen Phillips. I'd like to see the because uh, if Jalen Phillips passed physical is fine. That's, to me, that's the harder one. He's concussions. Well, I know you're you're going to disagree with this, but Jalen yeah. Phillips is more fit for this team than a guy like Ojolari. He just is. Oh, I no. think Ojolari is I perfect totally for agree. a three-four. Um, I, I, I totally Jalen Phillips, you. fantastic football player. I just don't. So, what, after this, we'll get into your dream scenario, John. But okay. this is a great question. Grant Delpit fell to forty-nine. Greedy Williams fell to forty-seven. Mm-hmm. Greedy Williams had a better year. Obviously, the year before he was actually drafted, than Caleb Farley ever did, and most most people were ranking Greedy higher than Caleb Farley ever was because he was that good in that one year. Obviously, that's you know, was it an was it was an anomaly? He had a good year because we've only ever seen him one full year in the NFL, and he was actually a lot better than his numbers looked. But you know, we don't know. We don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit's one of the better safeties we've seen since the 2000s. Like him falling to 49 was a- absolutely mind-blowing. Now, it's a high ankle sprain, and then obviously the Achilles happened after we drafted him. Freak, you know, problem, they actually not freak injury. They might have been related because he played on a high ankle sprain. Regardless, I think Grant Delpit dropping to 49 during a normal year tells me Caleb Farley is going to drop to the second round deep second round and if he's sitting there at 45 50 i can see the browns being a team that says well son of a bitch like yeah what are we doing back here with our hands sitting on our hands like trade a couple of picks go up because the browns are now in a spot where like they need to continuously get starters throughout the draft but you also if you want to win super bowls you gotta hit you gotta hit these second round third round gems after the third round you're literally pissing in the wind like you don't know what the heck's gonna happen second and third round is where these super bowl teams find starters first round if you're a decently good gm you can find a starter so i think farley drops into the second round i think he's one of those guys that we are just like what i think Kadarius tony's another one where he's sitting there when the browns pick in the second round and everyone's like why is he here and if the browns already drafted bateman in the first round you know what why the hell don't you take Tony in the second round? Like, at that point, you're taking best player available. I know you're not filling holes on the defense. That's where you can start to use the veteran free agent market. Guys like Steven Nelson, Richard Sherman has raved about the Browns on his podcast and tweets. Doesn't seem like a kind of guy that's going to come here for the vet minimum, but will he come for a cheaper deal? He loves Joe Woods. You know, that's the stuff you've got to start looking at because, my God, you know, getting two very good wide receivers that then I hate to say this, that you can like get rid of OBJ and Jarvis's contracts. That makes this team can go a lot more direction. I, these are just all wow. scenarios that could come up and that's what makes the draft so fun. Yeah. That, I think that would be one of my dream scenarios. Like you get a guy like Bateman and then like a guy like Tony falls to you in the second round. I don't know, but what's your dream scenario, John? Um, so, I mean, we talked, you know, I mentioned it before. Don't say so JC Horn because you okay. already you did that. That's, he's not going to be there. Though, so. He's um, not going to be there. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, let's, well, let's start with if they stay at 26, if they just want to stay yeah. there and make a pick. Um, oh boy. 
I mean, I this I was just looking at Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft, and he's got us taking Jamin Davis at 26, which is not going to happen. So, Dream. but yeah, and I mean that that's like you know if we're going to trade up for a guy, you know, from 59 up to like you know 45, and it's Davis, I'd be I'd be thrilled about that, obviously. So, but yeah, they're not taking him at 26. I think so. Considering the corners that are going to be available, like I said, if Horn if Horn's gone, and let's say somebody takes a shot on Farley, and now you're getting into the part where you've got, um, I don't want to say question mark guys, but we're talking about like Sertan's going to be gone, so it's probably the Newsom, Stokes, Asante Samuel, you know, like that kind of um, crowd, where like if I have to weigh those guys against the edge that are players that might be available. So let's say it's like, uh, let's say Quiddy pay. And this is tough because it's not going to be all these guys, but let's say like one or two of Quiddy pay. Let's say Jalen Phillips goes early. Someone takes a shot on him as well, but pay Ojolari, Oway, guys like that. Um, I think I might just go ahead and grab like pay or Oway. The one thing that makes me hesitate and, and like, building my dream scenario is I just feel like a Joseph Asai is going to be available in like the second round somewhere. And maybe it's 59, maybe it's a couple picks up and they want to make a move for, you know, this is one of the times they want to, you know, shed one of their later picks and move up mm-hmm. you know, five or six spots. It feels to me like getting a in the second round is more value. And it fit like we're obviously we, you know, the Browns, we think they need an edge. You know, they look like they obviously, you know, we talked about uh, before the show, you've got, Besides Miles Garrett, you've got Jadavian Clowney on a one-year deal. You've got Tack McKinley on a one-year deal. And that's it. And so, you know, you've got some other guys on, you know, they're depth players on the roster. But, you know, if, if you don't get great seasons out of the two of them and you're just like, look, we got to let those guys walk next year, then, you know, you have Miles Garrett and nothing, a hole at right defensive end. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you're going to take an edge player, you know, in this draft. And it makes sense because it's, it's not a phenomenal class, but I think it is deep with, like, high floor, potential high upside players. So for me, like getting a guy like Osai in the second round at 59 or on a trade-up, it just feels like more value. And then if that's the case, then yeah, like I'd be okay with taking a wide receiver. Um, I love Elijah Moore. I don't think that I don't think you take him at 26, but I really love Elijah Moore. I would be really cool to see the Browns end up with him somehow. Um, but yeah, yeah, like so just taking a corner, like even if it is even if it is Newsom Newsom's the problem with Newsom is that he played what 17 games or something like that. Like he had, you know, injury history and stuff. So when he's out there, he looks amazing, that's for sure. But you know, he's been hurt and other things like that. So so I guess to maximize value, I don't know. I, I guess I, yeah, maybe look for a corner in the first round. Um and, and for for the record, just so we're clear, I would take a shot on Caleb Farley if he fell. If it were me personally, I would take him at 26, and then I would hope to God that I could get uh, Joseph aside 59 or, you know, a trade-up uh, to possibly nab him if I had to do it. So I think that for me, uh, let's go with that. That would be dream scenario. Farley falls, and then we can take Osai in the second round. Okay. I like that. I think... So, um, how about you? I think my dream scenario... Okay, tell me if this is realistic or not. Like, to an actual degree right. of realistic, not like 5%. Does Quiddy Pay fall to 26 in any any sense? I, I don't think he is. He's the best edge on the class. I don't think he makes it 26, right? I would say it's less than 50%. Okay, so we'll go um, away from 40%, that. 40, 30%. Trade back to 30. Okay. At 30, they take Asante Samuel Jr. Okay. 
trading back to 30 gives you trading back four okay. spots. You're probably only getting a third round pick, right? Take the Bills third. They'd probably get a third round. Yeah. Third or fourth. Okay. If you, for four spots, yeah. Third or fourth, something like that. Okay, so we get the third. And we give them like our fifth okay. or something, you know. So then you have 59. You don't want to wait till 59. So you package that third you just got and then like 110 to move up into the late 40s, early 50s. Then you're picking okay. at 30, 49, 59, and then you still got 89, 91. In dream scenario, I'm taking Asante Samuel Jr. at 30. He's like one okay. of the only quarterbacks, cornerbacks in this draft that'll be there that we don't have to trade up for. That doesn't have the injury history. He can do it all. He's ferocious. He's got the bloodlines. He understands the game. Other than Patrick Sertain, I think he sees the game the best from a corner spot. Um, Sertain, I just don't think has that 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 little edge to get him over. He's just gonna such a high floor player. Um. So Asante James, Asante Samuel Jr. at thirty. Think at forty nine. Either more. I, I I like Elijah Moore is good. He's got yeah. fantastic stuff. But there's not a lot of talk about him. He might be that guy that surprises and gets picked earlier. But mm-hmm. I think I think more. I think both Moors are a possibility. Yeah, Elijah. Yep. I think Kadarius Tony is a possibility, and everyone's writing him off. But he's the most electric player in this draft with the ball in his he's hands. Just, I'm willing to say older. that. That's the one thing that I think he is. I don't know if Barry and them are going to love that. He's a little older. He is, but they also need a guy at wide receiver that can go and take over that room because he's going to be a stud within the next two years. So that's that's the only reason oh. I would say you know he maybe you did say that. That's a good point. He's he's very the best player. In this draft with the ball in his hands. Like, the most broken tackles as a wide receiver. Like, just everything. So, I like oh, him. I, I like both the Moors. Because um, Baker loves a yak guy. Like, we all know. Baker is best with a guy that can get yards after the catch. Which, somehow, Jarvis is one of those guys. It's just so slow. <laughs> Odell is definitely one of those guys. Like, that's what they need. Um, and then at 59, you know, you're looking at that safety room. Uh, like Elijah Moore, not Elijah Moore. Elijah Molden might be there. Like he's just not mm-hmm. getting talked about. Great slot corner. He's gonna be able to transition to safety. Jamar Johnson getting no love, so it scares me. Like he's gonna get picked earlier than that. Browns also need some three tech. Like they need a nose tackle, not three techniques. They need a nose tackle. Aleem McNeil just has so much potential. So and then Peyton Turner, obviously. I don't know if he has the juice. But he's yeah, got the I, length. I do. I think he's another one that people are sleeping on. And I think he's – I like him a lot. Like, he, we had him ranked in our top ten, obviously, edge yep. rushers. But we, I think he should have been higher probably. He's a really nice player. I think my dream scenario is Sante Samuel Jr. after trading back into the late first, early second. I'm fine with the second too because if you trade back into the early right. second, you're going to get even more draft capital for, you know, those last few picks are probably going to be quarterbacks realistically. Um could be. So get Asante Samuel Jr., trade up, get to, have two second-round picks, three second-round picks, a few third-round picks. And then, you know, I like the only thing I want late in the draft is Elijah Mitchell. I, I, I'm just I'm now infatuated yeah. with Elijah Mitchell. He might yep. be Najee Harris and Etienne lovers. Get out of the way. He might be just like the best pure runner in this class. Like the man has such 
good balance. Mm-hmm. He's powerful. He's quick. He sees holes really well. Like this, why is this guy playing on the Raging Cajuns? That's the only thing that worries me. I don't know if he peaked late, but why is he playing on the Raging Cajuns? That's my only concern. But also, you got guys like, like James Robinson who was running, you know, obviously all over people, and oh, we yeah. didn't say why is he. Yes, yes. So, um. Yeah, Mitchell's like think- arbitrage Javante Williams. Like he is like one cut and go guy, kind of like Williams is. Williams is a better tackle breaker, obviously, and he's ranked higher. He's you know probably the third running back on everybody's list for a reason. Um, but yeah, he just you're right. Like a guy like Mitchell available later, it's like ooh, that's yeah, you'd like to see him in the Browns uh, Browns uniform, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Um, okay, so for the last part, we're going to. Talk about hot takes. Hot takes. Um, Here we go. Yeah, you gotta love a hot take. Oh yeah. Okay, we had twenty three replies, so we're gonna read through a few of these. But oh, very cool. I'm gonna start with my hot take. We're gonna make these short, and here's what it is. Okay. Justin Fields goes number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know. Hold your panties. Just listen. There is a reasoning. Obviously, if I'm a betting man, I'm not taking this bet. But hear me out, John. You're going to get plus. Uh, you're going to get plus eight thousand. Tell me. On that bet, so tell me I after I give you my reasoning that you're not going to Bavada and taking this bet. Okay. Urban Meyer is not an analytics guy. He is a John Dorsey football dude. He brought in Agreed. only football dudes. There is absolutely no analytics going on in Jacksonville. That's why everyone's running around unmasked, unvaxxed. I'm kidding. That was we're not going to get into that. Trevor Lawrence was obviously one of the best college quarterbacks that we've just ever seen. I mean, you know, we talked about Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence was far better than Joe Burrow in college. Just yep. was just far better. He's the only true freshman to have a 90 or higher PFF grade ever. Yeah, just absolutely insane by every metric. But Justin Fields was damn good. Like, Mm. underwhelmingly, like, just... Justin Fields is very good. He's very athletic. He's very sturdy. He's just, like, built like a quarterback that a football dude would love. Hmm. Urban Myers also never had a true quarterback, like, ever. Like, the man's always had a run-first option that he likes to do the, you know, he likes to do the RPO. Sure and there is no one in this world that, for some reason, just loves Ohio State more than anything, even after he's gone. Like, this man was built in Florida, but he still loves Ohio State. And I'm not so sure that he doesn't let his own blood get in the way and draft Justin Fields, number one overall. Or, or more realistically, trade back to two or three, let one of them take Trevor Lawrence, get their second-round pick, get Justin Fields, who they wanted the entire time, and that's why they're not talking about him. And then the second round, go get whoever it is at 33 or 34 overall. And then you're going to obviously get probably next year's first as well. Justin Fields goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars after... Trading back one or two spots to the Jets or whoever else may want him. You done? I'm done. I gotta now. I gotta put the glasses on and be smart and take you to school. So you're you're done. Yeah. You ready? Sure, nerd. Yeah. 
Um, so unfortunately, Chandler, uh, I'm sorry to tell you that uh, Trevor Lawrence is basically a lock to number one. It's as lockiest as anything's ever been locked up in locking history. So you I'm gonna can mute take you. that I'm hot take and shove it. Put it in your hot coffee from McDonald's and kick that can down the street, my friend. Listen, <laughs> there is zero chance that Trevor Lawrence is not. He's going number one for sure. So there is no chance. Uh, Did you? Are you so such a simpleton that you didn't listen to my whole hot take? Yeah, I I I tried to. Yeah, I, I looked. I did Google about me real quick just to see if it was possible to get one while you were talking, but it wasn't possible. No. So I have to put it off. I so. said after they trade back to the Jets, they're not trading. Why would t- the Jets- Urban Meyer is going to trade back and take Justin Fields. Okay. Trevor uh, Lawrence so- is Ryan Leaf. no i obviously think that in a this is a hot take this is a hot take like that's what we're supposed to be doing we're not supposed to be saying the thing that's going to actually happen i think there is a real there is a real scenario out there where justin fields is on the jacksonville jaguars okay all right has Um, as have you seen something crazier happen like crazier stuff has happened no that's no. That's scorched earth hot take. That's the hottest hot take of all time. Yeah. I mean, no. they don't get takes don't get hotter than that. And no. Justin uh yeah, Fields being the first of all, the Jaguars trading down from one to three. Like what you could just why would anyone do that? Like the you could just take Lawrence and then trade him. Like to the team. Like you if that's the way it's gonna go, you would have that worked out ahead of time. Like just you know, you're not going to, like, with San Francisco, you're like, uh, hey, we, we want Lawrence, like, we want Fields, just we'll give you, you know, like, you could just do it that way instead. Like, why would, I, I don't know, I just, that's just, and there's been no, no one's talked about this, not one word. Okay. Mentioned. If, if this happened, that would be the ultimate, like, you know, not leaked story of all time. It would be incredible. I don't think that it is beyond... The possibility of happening like by any means you're so locked in to this idea that urban meyer's not going to make a bad decision who he's oh, I'm not, not saying that urban meyer can't make a bad decision i watched him do it over and over when he was coaching ohio state 100 one of the most overrated oh, coaches of all time i just pissed off our entire fan base with that because they're all Ohio state fans but he he just didn't change with the times he was the the, the offense he was running you know, was the same shit he was doing at Bowling Green, like, you know, Utah, like 15, 20 years prior. Like, he Thank you. That's why he's taking Justin Fields. And, um, and, but I will say, well, the problem with that, though, is Lawrence is an athlete. Like, Lawrence is a good runner. He's a better runner than people give him credit for. So that's Right. One he's, thing. he's probably a better runner than Justin Fields. But Justin Fields he, is built stockier, a little bit more sturdy. Listen, John, I'm telling you right now, if I'm – Urban Meyer. I can't believe we spent more than 30 seconds on this. If I'm Urban Meyer and the Jets say, hey, we'll trade you this year's first, next year's first, 2023's first, every second, like first and second, the next three years, and you get Justin Fields, I think I take that because Jacksonville with Trevor would. Lawrence. Jacksonville no with Trevor. Jack, okay, then the next, the you're going to tell me the Jets wouldn't offer 2021's first, 2022nd first, 2023rd first, and the seconds. For Trevor yeah, Lawrence. I think they would just, they fell in love with Zach Wilson. I think they would be like, why would we pay all that for a quarterback? Oh, for God's sake. Taking Zach Wilson is just hold on. damn nightmare. I, say, I know. And that's, listen, when we get to my hot take, I'll explain that to you. Okay. 
But all right, okay, is, so you're you're just getting the first, and then you're getting like a second. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the 49ers okay. or the Jets would do that for Trevor Lawrence. Just okay. Hear me out. I'm saying if I was offered three first-round picks, a few seconds, one or two seconds, and Justin Fields, if I'm the Jaguars, I take that because with Trevor Lawrence, you're still not winning a damn game for four years. Like your your team is that pitiful. With Justin Fields, you're definitely not getting as good of a quarterback. But then you're getting those first round picks. You're getting those second round picks. I, I don't. I don't know that I don't take that because, like we saw with the Bengals with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow was playing as a top ten quarterback. They couldn't win. He had to throw the ball sixty five times a game, and that Bengals roster is much better than the Jaguars roster is, and the Jaguars roster is going to be the foreseeable future. Would you make that pick? Are you going to tell me that's a terrible decision? Because if so, you're wrong. No, I okay. Your your whole scenario where the other team is getting a million first round picks, like I, of course I three would first. Any any team would, of course you would. The problem is no one's going to offer that. That's the problem. No, you're but, absolutely wrong. That a team would not offer three first round picks for Trevor Lawrence. You're go wrong. From three to one to get no no no. But that's not John. I understand how we're thinking about it. But this happens in the NFL. Like That would not even be close to the craziest p- trade that has ever happened. To say to a team, give them your next three first-round picks, and you get Trevor Lawrence. First of all, most of these teams would say, well, Trevor Lawrence, we're going uh, to have 10 wins, so we're, we're going to be picking in the 20s, which is just not true because you can only do so much with a terrible roster. To say the Jets wouldn't trade the next three years, so this year, 2022, 2023rd, for this year's first, and you probably have to throw in like a third or fourth around there somewhere. For Trevor Lawrence, I 100% believe a team would. I, I With all my being, with okay. everything inside of me. Yeah. I just don't, I mean, you can, like, I, I feel bad for all the stuff that's inside you then. Like, I, like, the, I'm just trying to look up the original Jared Goff trade. So, when the Rams moved up to take off, it was what three firsts and three seconds, I think, was the deal, right? But they were they were coming. Oh God, you are hysterical, dude. They were coming from the, the what I don't remember is where they were coming from, and I think it was like where were they like ten or twelve or something like that. Here, the Rams sent their first round pick, two seconds, a third, twenty seventeen first, twenty seventeen third. To the Titans in exchange for the number one overall pick, they got a fourth and a sixth back. So where do they come from? It doesn't say. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But um, but that's the thing. Like the think about the Trubisky trade. Remember when Trubisky got drafted and the uh, what's called the Bears went from three to from three to two. Okay, the Rams. Like- the Rams traded up. They sent first round twenty second team. Okay, first second. Wait. And third from the 2016. What are you talking about? Rams. Like, how did they get those picks? 15. Rams were so right. So that's so you're saying the cost to go from three to one is the same to go from 15 to one. Like to go from 15 to one costs what it costs to get Jared Goff. No, it's not going to cost the same thing. What I was trying to say before is no, 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 no. no. What you just said, you just you were that was so hypocritical. You're trading up to get a freaking. Honda Accord with Jared Goff, or you can trade up to get a brand new Mercedes Benz 
with Trevor Jared. Lawrence. Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence aren't even related. You're wrong. Stop. No, you're wrong. Listen. No, no, on stop. draft day, you didn't know that he was a Honda Accord. We all thought Jared Goff was going to be the next great thing. Like that, that's Nobody. That's cost what it costs to get up to that. that Not high. a single soul ever thought Jared Goff would be as good as we think Trevor Lawrence is going to be. Not a single okay, person. Can, he was highly touted. He was the number one quarterback in that class. Right now, okay. I had lunch with a guy who I worked with at LMU in, in Los Angeles. It, the last lunch he had in LA before he got hired by the Browns, Okay. He was moving to Cleveland because he was going to be in the Browns front office. Okay. And we had lunch and I, we talked it over about where to live in Cleveland and all that kind of stuff. And you know, what's, what to do and everything like that. Right. And we had this specific conversation. I asked him, what do you think of golf? I'm like, cause he, you know, comes from that kind of air raid system at Cal and like, it doesn't, you know, does that stuff kind of translate and what he, mm-hmm. he was over the moon. Like what year was if, this? It's 20, the 2016 draft. If we, oh, you know, how did the Browns had, do that year? How was the Browns front office that year? I'm not crapping on your friend, but I'm saying like... Okay, you just <laughs> said that no human being liked Jared Goff. I'm telling you that no, I had no, a no. conversation with the guy Oh my God, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said nobody thought Jared Goff would be as highly touted. No one had Jared Goff. He as, did. I no, John, John, stop. We're getting out of hand. Listen to the full. Listen to my full statement before you start okay. talking about your lunch date. Okay. Nobody had Jared Goff on a list as high as we have Trevor Lawrence. So we had Goff number one overall. Every single analyst did. Nobody said that Goff is better than is Peyton Manning, but he can run. He is the next generational quarterback. He is going to win. Five, ten Super Bowls. Nobody said that about golf. They said he was very good. He had a he had the this fantastic arm. He's coming from this air raid offense. It's going to translate right into a, a spread offense in the NFL. No, like Trevor Lawrence is the highly the way, highest touted quarterback you're, of the last forty years. Plenty of people thought golf would be incredible and one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL for sure. Plenty of people thought that. I mean, I, we can Google that's that fine. All kinds of uh, reports about people that loved golf that year. Second of all, whether they loved golf or not is irrelevant. The point is this. The cost no, in the NFL, they all use that Jimmy Johnson draft trade uh, chart where they val- like they value the picks and they go, to get from 15 to 1, it costs this. It costs three firsts and, two, and three seconds or whatever, you know, whatever the final tally ended up being. The cost to go from three to one is not going to be three first-round picks. It just isn't. That's not the way I it works. I understand if you're talking when about picks. Bears were at third overall and they wanted to trade up one spot to get Trubisky, right? To go from three to two, one spot. They gave up like a third and a fifth. That to was get no, to get who wasn't nearly as, as touted as, as Trevor Lawrence. I yeah. get that. That's absolutely right. I get it. But no one is giving. Look, John, I understand you're talking in generalities. You're talking in generalities. NFL draft. No, no, stop. Let me let me get my point. Is giving up three first round picks in three seconds and three thirds or whatever the hell you said to go from three to one. It's not happening. It's not. I said three first, a couple of seconds to get. Hey, Skip Bayless, can I finish my point? No, because this is important too. The other thing is that we have to remember that San Francisco already traded up to get up to number three. Like they would have to give up more capital to go from three to one. They already gave up capital to go from 12 to three. I think that's something that you we didn't factor in. That's really important. Like to I'm go basically from talking to about the Jets. Them, but you know it's going to cost them. Like they won't, they'll be on the Rams track where they won't have a first round pick for six years. Like that's, John. Trevor Lawrence can't be worth that to Kyle Shanahan. 
I understand, and you are talking, and most years, every year basically, that that is a horrible trade. And I didn't say it was a good trade. And I didn't say I would make that trade. And I didn't say that this was going to happen. This is a damn hot take. You so let me finish. It was going to happen. You said this is my hot take. It's going to happen. <laughs> That's what a hot take is. You were like, this is my. It's not possible. And you were like, no, it's possible. It could happen. It might happen. You said, you said, are you telling me? There's that, a, uh, so John, so no. I said it could happen. Make a mistake like that. I th I said it could happen. Are you going to tell me there's a zero percent chance that? Correct. Listen to the full damn sediment. <laughs> the, the you're go saying ahead, there's ahead. a zero percent chance yes. that a team as poorly run as the New York Jets wouldn't trade up one spot, albeit to get Trevor Lawrence, who shut your mouth for a minute, is the highest touted NFL prospect since forever. He he is the guy, the highest of he is he's literally the first commandment of NFL draft scouts. Like this yeah. is the guy. This is no Patrick Mahomes, no Kyler Murray, no Joe Burrow, no Baker Mayfield, no Sam Darnold, like Jared Goff. Nobody ever Ever, 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 ever has said Trevor Lawrence does not have it to be number one. Like, there's never been a question from 2016, 2018, 2017 would have been his rookie year in the college, whatever, his freshman year. Everyone said, holy crap, this kid's 18. He's going to be the number one overall pick. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Mm -hmm. So my point on this hot take which, in my opinion, a hot take, you say, has like 10 to 20% chance to happen. Like, a hot take is supposed to be hot because it's probably not going to happen, but heh, it could. There is, a, there is a world where a team as bad as the Jets trades up to get Trevor Lawrence. You're, at this point, you're not trading up one pick and using the Jimmy Johnson draft card. Like, we're going to get the guy that's going to be our quarterback for 20 years. He's the highest-touted player ever in the NFL. The highest-touted player coming out of a draft. That's my reasoning. You're wrong saying there's a 0% chance. Like, I understand that that's probably not going to happen. That's why it's my hot take. Apparently, you need to brush up on that. That was entertaining, though. I'm sure the people enjoyed it. I respect the fact that you're wrong, but there is not a 0% chance that happens. That's just crazy to talk about. So you just, that was a long, you just took two and a half minutes to ask me a question. Are you telling me that there's a 0% chance that that would happen? And I'm going to give you my answer. You ready? Yeah. Okay. That's, I asked you a question that requires a response. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. There's, there's a, at least a 1% chance that it might happen. Okay. And yeah. maybe, uh, I'll say 1% is the minimum and the maximum on that. So I, I guess you're right. Like I just, no, to tell me that a would, team wouldn't sell their soul to the devil for Trevor Lawrence, you're wrong. But why would Jacksonville give it up? I'm telling you, it, I said if this was me, because, because Jacksonville is so bad. Tell us that Trevor Lawrence is basically Jesus Christ, right? So why would Jacksonville give up Jesus Christ? The right to draft the Son of God himself. Like, he's the highest touted prospect ever, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, he's going to, you know, the, the Jacksonville, they're going to get all the Jets' first-round picks for the next 10 years because that's apparently what you do to trade from two to one. And then Justin Fields, they'll take Justin Fields then? Look, hey, you nailed it. As far as hot take goes, hot takes go, this is as hot as I've ever heard. It's amazing. It's 
And so the goal, in fact, to be honest with you, I thought my hot take was going to be like awesome, but now it's like the worst hot take ever. Like it's so cold. Do you know what a hot take is? Like I'm not being a dickhead at this point. Like a hot take is supposed to be something that's likely not going to happen. Like it's supposed to get people like clickbait. Like that was my hot take. And I don't like as long as there's a chance it happens. Like it works on me. Yeah, I mean, like, no, yeah. but I'm being serious. If I'm a GM and someone offers me that, and I think it's a realistic right. thing to say, this team might trade that for the best prospect ever. Like, I understand what you're saying because you're thinking of it in a sane way. Like, we can't do this. But, John, like, that's not how NFL drafts work. There are GMs true. that are going to say, we could get Trevor Lawrence. What's the price? We'll pay it because it doesn't matter. We're going to be picking in the 20s because we're going to be going to the Super Bowl with Trevor Lawrence, which is just absolutely not the case because <laughs> your quarterback can only do so much. So to answer your question on why Jacksonville would do it is they're so bad. They are so bad. Trevor Lawrence could go out there and he could literally be given wings from God himself and they still would not be able to compete. That's my reasoning as if I were Jacksonville. If you're yeah. telling me I'm getting three first-round picks in a couple seconds still getting Justin Fields, which is fine i would yeah. think about it like this is all stuff that i would think about and i think there's a team out there that would say it will do that i don't disagree i would think i mean you would think about it too if that were a realistic thing like if somebody actually like let's say the jets actually did call them and say no i'm serious i'm actually i'm trying <laughs> i listened to what you had to say and i'm i'm processing it just give me a second i'm i'm trying to like you know actually think about it from your perspective so this is what compromise looks like um, we didn't compromise yeah, there for like, about 20 minutes, but well, it's sometimes I'm so, like, I'm sorry. It's a hot take. That's what I'm supposed to do, but we're not supposed to be rationalizing it as it. humans. We're supposed to move on to the next part while we're still fighting. That's hysterical. Okay. Yep. All right. What's your hot take? So, uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson's going to be a bust. He is <laughs> yep. So, I mean, yeah. Mitchell Trubisky yeah. 2.0. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's a hot take, John. It's not a hot take yeah. because every single person just thinks like, yeah, he's a locket too. He's that good. Like, what are people seeing that makes Zach Wilson better Why? than Mac Jones for that freaking matter? Like, and Mac Jones is bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mac Jones is another one that I just, I don't, I, I have no, comp- I, like, if, if, if San Francisco really traded up from 12 to 3 to take, they have to be getting Justin Fields. They I like, have to. My whole, you know what? Honestly, like in my heart of hearts, I think it's Trey Lance. I think that's what's going to happen at three tomorrow. That's I think it's okay. Kind of, I'm sorry, on Thursday. So I think that they like the 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 size, the, the athleticism, like the you know that whole. Uh, he can. I mean, they, he runs like well, North Dakota so sort of pro style, like kind of. But yes, and I mean. Yes, he played against the FCS. He had um, what his his only career interception was the one game he played last year before they you know shut everything down. Obviously, um, he had it was like I don't whatever however many touchdowns he had the year before and no interceptions. I mean, it was really good, but his accuracy is a problem. Like obviously, we haven't seen him play against any NFL player. You know, that's going to be an issue too. But but I think that Shanahan, I I'm guessing that they just think like look, we can work with that and we'll get him there and no big deal. Um, He's got to have that. Would you agree that Trey Lance has the most room to grow out of any of these quarterbacks? Like, I mean, Sky seems like the limit. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have much more to go. Like, he's already that good. 
Justin Fields definitely has issues yeah. that he needs to work on. Trey Lance is like yeah. some some coach. I I would venture to say five quarterbacks are taken in the first eight picks. I, I, I really do, and I think that benefits the Browns greatly. Um, I think if there's a run on the wide receivers, that benefits the Browns. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oh, I agree. No, I 100 percent agree. Like. Zach Wilson, like, when are people going to realize that one-hit wonders in college don't necessarily, outside of Joe Burrow, I don't really want to count Kyler Murray because he was sitting behind a playoff quarterback now. That's why he played one year. Love it. Joe Burrow is the anomaly. Like, he was bad for two years. He was bad for a year and then really great for one year, and it looks like he's going to translate just fine to the NFL. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Like, Trubisky, and the list goes on and on. These guys that have one good year of college just aren't not ready. They're not there. They just don't have it. Zach Wilson, like, what? People are comparing him to Patrick Mahomes? What the hell are they watching? Look, and this is, uh, so I was watching uh, the Deep Dive podcast. It's on YouTube as well. And uh, Thor Thor Nystrom is the guy's name. He was on, uh, he was their guest. And he was talking about Zach Wilson and stuff. Like, oh, nice. That's awesome. Um, So, like, Zach Wilson in college. So his freshman year, he was good. I think he was ranked somewhere in the 80s. Like, his grade was somewhere in the 80s, according to Pro Football Focus. Focus. Um, his sophomore year, though, he struggled a lot. And it's their schedule improved a lot. Like, uh, BYU's schedule got a lot harder. They played, um, what, Utah, t- Tennessee, USC, Washington, Toledo. They lost to Toledo that year. Um, and then... His junior year, 2020, obviously, their schedule was incredibly easy. They were supposed to start out at Oregon, but we didn't get to see that game because that got canceled, obviously. Um, and so they ended up with like something like the 89th like hardest schedule in the country, so one of the you know one of the easiest. And so this was what Thor said about his numbers. And I was already not liking Wilson, but I was when I heard this, I was like, okay, this cements it for me. So so here's Wilson in his career versus Power Five. Uh, non-bowl teams and group of five teams with eight or fewer wins. Okay, so power five teams that didn't go to a bowl game or a group of five teams that won eight or less. He's 17-2 and two in those games, 70.6% completion, and a 49-6 to six touchdown uh, to interception ratio. He also was, it was 10.3 yards per attempt. Then when he has to face power five teams that went to a bowl game, or teams from the group of five that went that had nine or more wins. He's two and eight in those games with a 62.8 completion percentage, seven to nine touchdown to interception ratio, and 7.3 yards per attempt. So he loses three yards per attempt, more interceptions and touchdowns, won two games out of ten. Like and their line was good. Like they had a they had a good offensive line last year. Like one of the best. He didn't face a lot of pressure. So right. I think it was uh, the best. We, well, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, every every damn clip of him, there's no one around him. So and the receivers are running wide open. So I like him and Mac Jones have the same where when you see them under pressure, when the pocket gets tight, and not, not even when there's somebody in their face, just when you that you the, the pocket starts to collapse a little bit and you feel, you know, that pressure and you see these, you know, quarterbacks in the NFL. And I mean, I'm not gonna say Tom Brady, because of course Tom Brady's amazing and everything, but but guys that are they're still consistent. Like they feel that pressure and it's okay. They don't move like they, or they, they, you know, they slide their feet around a little bit just to create a little bit of space, but they get the throw off. Matt Jones looks like 
he's scared out of his mind. Like he all of a sudden he just like throws the ball. Like he's terrified when anybody gets near him. And Wilson has some of the similar traits. Like I don't get it. And if if you're that bad under pressure in college when you played at BYU, I, I just I don't get it. So yeah, I mean. Nowhere near the hot take that you had, obviously, but I just I think Wilson's going to be a bust. I think the Jets are going to be searching for a quarterback in two years for sure, hundred percent. I think it's a hot take. I think, you know, we just had. I mean, I think it was good for the show. We both had just different kind of hot takes. <laughs> you had a hot take that's like just more of a possibility. Um, I think it's funny that we spend so much time arguing about quarterbacks when the Browns finally don't have to take one, which is nice. You know. But it's the most important position, and it's the most interesting, too. Like, even in a year like this, you're right, where the Browns don't need a quarterback, you still find yourself – like, I find myself watching their film, like, just to see what's going on. Like, because it – I mean, obviously, it matters. Like, who's going to be good, right? If, if Trevor Lawrence is as good as we think he's going to be and Jacksonville does take him, like, that's going to change Jacksonville's trajectory. Like, they're, maybe Urban Meyer is a, a good NFL coach now because he's got a really good quarterback and, you know, things like that. This- and obviously – the Jets, you know, they spent the pick on Darnold, but then they had Adam Gaze, and you know, don't, you don't know how much of that was his fault. Like maybe Darnold's yeah. a decent quarterback, at least, like a like a I think, like a I Kirk think so. Cousins, you know, mid level could have really good seasons, but just was held back by his own coach. And now they're going to do the same thing with Wilson. They're gonna they're gonna ruin their team. I mean, that's not already you know ruined already, obviously. But, I uh, think I guess uh, a more realistic hot take for you, John, that won't make you angry. Okay. Trevor Lawrence is the only quarterback out of this group that's starting in five years. Like, I mean, that's that's. I wouldn't even consider that a hot take. Like, if mm. for me, Justin Fields is number two, and then like it's one yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and then like down. I'm in. I'm on the second story of this apartment, first floor. <laughs> Trey Lance probably, like. Yeah. There's nothing like Trey Lance has two, two, like 300 career snaps or passing attempts, whatever. Like, yeah, in the FCS, Zach Wilson has one good year getting pressured like 20% of the time. Yeah. Against bad competition. Mac Jones yeah. had the best receiving group we've ever seen in the NF in college football history getting pressured 18% of the time, which is historically low. The only time close to that in the NFL that that's ever happened is. One time in Peyton Manning's season, which was a huge outlier, his prime uh, best season ever, he was pressured 19.8% of the time, which was historically low. Mac Jones isn't going to get pressured 18% of the time in mm. the NFL. Like, there's, yeah. And then Trey Lance, like, oh, I already discussed him, Zach Wilson. Like, Justin Fields is the only other one I see as like, uh, uh, maybe? Yeah. Um, and for that to come true, if... Fields is, and one of the things that, you know, people are concerned about him is the throwing motion, how he's got, you know, when his, when he's bringing the ball up, his elbow is higher than his wrist, you know, and he's got that sort of really long elongated windup delivery. Um, if, Which if is changeable. Issue, right. Um, if that's an issue and it just, they can't fix it or he can't figure it out or whatever, like, and he ends up being, you know, sort of a, a Dwayne Haskins type where you're like, yeah, he really didn't work out at all. Then, I mean, you just, you know, we, I, we think you basically need uh, Trey Lance to not, you know, end up being like a, a an NFL starter because, like, I agree. I don't think Jones or Wilson are. So in, in, in order for your statement of, you know, the, the only starting quarterback in this group in five years will be Trevor Lawrence, like, you basically just need Justin Fields to, to fail and then Lance to not develop. And the other two are yeah. already like, in a lot of trouble. So I think I agree. I think that could happen. I tend to – I believe in Fields. 
But I mean, where you land and what kind of coaching you get, it's everything. It's everything in the NFL. And if you don't, if he goes to the Niners, I think he's starting in five years. I agree. Yep. hundred percent. I agree. I'm just afraid they're not going to take him. I really am. Yeah, I I think they're going to take him. They're John Lynch is smart, like extremely good GM. Kyle Shanahan's extremely smart. Like they're a smart. I hope organization. Um, in the we're in an box, hour. I'm going to bet on Trey Lance to number three. I'm going to bet on Trey Lance at number three, just because it's yeah, like plus. I, I think it's like plus. My other reasoning is there. Fifty or something like that. Their win now, like their roster is built to win today, and I know Jimmy G's there, but like in that offense, I know. I, I don't think that Justin Fields right. isn't right. I don't think Justin Fields... I think Justin Fields could start for the 49ers this year. And they could play. They could win games. That's be, that's um, that's if Justin Fields is... Every guy that's ever been around Justin Fields, every coach, every person, he's a gamer. He's smart. One of the most intelligent people there around. Because yeah. running that offense is not easy. Thank you. I was just going to say that. But I think yep. Justin Fields has a way better chance of picking that up than a Ch- oh. Trey Lance. Like Trey Lance has yeah. so much to learn. At least, you know, to a degree, Justin Fields was running something sort of similar, where it was a lot of, I guess, not even that similar. It, it's it's really not. But like in Shanahan's offense, like there are a lot of quick passes because they want to get the ball out of their hands quick. Whereas Trey oh, Lance yeah. was dropping back and six, seven seconds, like yep. mo- running around the pocket. Justin Fields needs to get better at getting rid of the ball quickly, fixing oh. that throwing motion. I think like he's got a ta- he's got talent, but I don't know. We're at hour thirteen. You wanna you wanna wrap it up or? Yeah, I mean, I think did we cover everything you wanted to uh, cover on the your on your list? Yeah, feel like we did. Yeah, I kind of okay. wanted to get into the hot takes that the people tweeted us, but this is uh. We covered so much in this one. Like, okay. It's just, one or, uh, it's just one or two good ones. You can mention them real fast. We don't have to dive into them or anything. But I'll re- start reading through them. You answer them in like 10 seconds. Jeremiah okay. is saying the Browns are trying to move up to the sixth pick. No. Trade Julio Jones for the number 26 pick. No. I think I would do that. You wouldn't. That's I understand. Yeah. Trade 26 for Michael Thomas. I'd rather trade for Julio he gives you no. what the Browns need. Julio's 32, uh, though. He is. I understand that. Like, I know you're mortgaging your future, but if you have Julio yeah. Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, like, you don't win the Super Bowl, you're the biggest bust in NFL history. <laughs> That's true. You are going for it at that point. That's a good point. Um, If a highly rated wide receiver slips down the board, they'll take him. 100% agree. Agree. Ah, Trade the entire draft and Case Keenum to the Jags for number one overall and the 22nd, 22nd first round pick. Take Javen Collins or JOK with number one overall. That's a good one. I would do that. That, that rivals your hot take. That's good. That's good. Browns trade a third and a six for Stephon Gilmore. I don't hate that. That's a $9 million cap right there, though. Uh, if he gets traded, it turns into $9 million. A third and a six for him? Yeah, which is what the market yeah. is about historically for a thirty-year-old yeah. cornerback, but the yeah. nine million dollars a year, um, right? So you'd have to get rid of something. Yep. Um, Brown, the Ravens will trade for Julio Jones. That's 
Like, that makes sense. The Ravens are aggressive, but that would be dumb. Mm -hmm. I think that would be worse for the Ravens than we think because that does not fit Lamar's play style. One bit. I'm I'm rooting for the Steelers to draft a running back in the first round. I'm rooting for Julio Jones to get traded to the Ravens. Let's go. Absolutely. Make that happen. Um, Oh, I should be reading who these people are from. I'm sorry. I'm going to start reading the names of these people. Uh, Casey Kinnaman. They walk away from this draft with seven players and an extra second rounder at 22. I think that's very... Not hot take sure. I think that's actually very smart. That might be the actual plan. Well done. Yeah. Um, Steelers trade up for Justin Fields. Ooh. I don't see them trading up because I think that they'll take a guy like Trask or Jones if they fall to him. They love the SEC. But the universe says that will happen because, of course, every Ohio State player's got to end up on the Steelers or the Ravens, and they'll be good naturally. Yep. And then just you have to hate that guy for the next ten years. That's unreal. Turn nine picks into three good starters. So that's from uh, Charlie Bald. Great. If you've been following the show from the beginning. So I think oh. in that case scenario, you're you're taking 26. You're trading up to 40s, 50s, and then probably yeah. trading the back end for like maybe one more fourth round pick. I think that's if you walk away with five good players and then like maybe a draft pick or two next year, that's huge. You, you don't need... Realistically, you could get away with drafting four guys, filling the rest with veteran free agency. Like the roster doesn't really. Um, that was Charlie. Yeah. Okay, great job, Charlie. Because yeah, that bottom line is this: if you get if you get in a, out of any draft where you have seven picks, like a normal, you know, or eight or six or whatever, if you walk away with three starters, you, you've done amazing job, an amazing job. So yeah, I totally agree. Trade down in the first and trade out of multiple picks for. So trade up in the first and trade out of multiple picks for, oh, no, no, no. He's right. Sorry. Trade down in the first, just slide back, and then get multiple picks in 22 and make five to six picks in this draft. That's what I like the most because next year there's going to be a lot of roster shift. A lot of Uh, roster shift. Bigger cap, right? And you'll know more because you're likely to have a regular off season. Like the 2022 draft might feel a lot more normal. You'd feel more confident. Yep. Uh, JT Redsky says Browns take multiple wide receivers in the mid to late rounds. Nico Collins better be on that list. Yes. Please make Nico Collins happen. Please. That was, that's my, that's another dream scenario. Yep. Browns are, uh, this is from dog pound East. (laughs) What's up, buddy? Thank you. Yeah, what's up, man? Bateman or Mo at twenty six? I'd, I would, I would walk away crying. I'd be so happy. Yeah, tough to hate those either of them. Trade up to get one of the top three corners. I don't love. That's from Johnny Ohio. I don't love trading up. I just hey, Johnny's got some good ideas there. Uh, JC Horn, if that's the name we're calling, uh, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Walk away with more twenty two picks than actual players drafted in twenty one. So I think that means that they'll have more picks in 22. Because right now we have one less. We have six picks, I believe, in 22. Okay. So I think he means walk away with six or seven or eight 22-round picks and have five, six, seven guys drafted this year. Yeah, or even if you got a finagle and it's like draft three, four players this year and have four, you know, add four picks next year like that. Well, yeah, that wouldn't be Yep. That wouldn't be that bad. Was from, that was from T-Mag. Rexter nice says, job. trade up into the top 10 and take a linebacker. And I repeated, I will mess you up from <laughs> Michael Scarn. That, uh, that's great. I would not be a Browns fan anymore. Um, oh, you're hooked for life, baby. 
Let's see. I think we got. Oh, the futures now says Jay White says they don't draft a QB in the first round. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that. Uh, oh, Bob Garner says I'm a Cleveland Brown and a past dog pounder. We need another Scooby Doo example. Bernie Kozar, LMAO. I like it. Uh, hopefully, we got our Bernie Kozar. I think. Hell yeah. If I, I. Browns are in a tough spot. You sign Baker back right now to long term. You're going to get him for 27, 30 million. And then the cap's going to be so big that quarterbacks are going to be making 45 million. Or you wait a year, does good this year, you're paying him 38 million. That's that's tough. I think it's smarter to wait and pay him more than a quarterback who you're not positive can do it, though. That's my opinion. Um, I think that's. All of our hot takes. Um, that's. I think that's it. Other than people saying that they want Greg Newsom, but are worried about our corner cornerback room, our current quarterback room having injury issues, like so does Greg Newsom. So we yeah. need to address that. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. You're right. That's tough because he because he'll likely be on the board, and that's definitely going to be a realistic option. But if you gotta. You know, go away from him and picking him because you're scared. I I wouldn't blame him. It's it's definitely tough. Of course, I was the guy who said you know I'd draft Caleb Farley at at, at uh, 26 too, but that's just me. We'll see what they do. I, they feel, they feel very risk averse up to this point, and I think that trend is likely to continue as you said earlier. So Caleb Farley's good chance to be the best cornerback in this draft. Just yep. a lot of you know John. You know back pain's a bitch. Um. Anyway. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a long one, um, yeah. but I felt like the beginning was very good. Middle, we got away from the Browns a little bit. We got back to the Browns. Um, John understands now. It's okay, guys. He's not a millennial. He's he's you know he's a boomer. No, he actually he actually <laughs> knows things and has opened up a book before. <laughs> I'm talking about the definition of a hot take. You apparently that's why that's why you're not getting the big but that's why you're not. That's why we're not getting the big paid the big bucks around here, John. I need I need someone to counteract my hot takes, not say you're stupid. Hey, you're trash guy. That's a, <laughs> the millennial meme. But I never called you stupid to your face. So I'm pretty no. sure you did. I will play it back. I'm pretty sure you said you're, I that's didn't say stupid. stupid. I said that is stupid. I didn't say you I didn't say Chandler Adams is a moron. I said that is stupid. That'd be like me there saying you. that. Your face is ugly, but I didn't call you ugly. <laughs> no. It'd be like yes. you saying that what you just said was ugly, but that doesn't make me ugly. Come on now. Come on, dude. All right. Anyway. It's all love anyways. All right. <laughs> there's so many good clips from this. I'm going to hopefully make yeah. a bunch of them so we can tweet them out throughout the week. Um, yeah, we'll I try to keep you guys updated too. throughout the draft. Hopefully we'll do little like maybe two-minute videos on Twitter. Um won't be in like a real podcast form just what we think about the pick right away after the emotions oh, yeah. settle um and we'll keep Live you updated from downtown cleveland if you're going to be in cleveland let us know um, please yeah it'd be cool to meet some of you guys and uh you can tell us why this show sucks so with that uh stay safe and john will tell you to go browns like usual <laughs> go browns baby see you at the draft everybody